Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 23rd, and it's the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we're on page 59, and we'll be starting with, here are the steps we took, which are suggested in the program recovery. We'll be reading through the ninth step, and comments will be on steps four through nine. Today's readers are Terry A.H., Liz T., and Stephanie L. The share ID for Thursday, June 22nd, 10 a.m. meeting is 10080. For Friday, June 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10082. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Andy F. to read the 12 steps. Oh, good morning. Andy. This is Andy. Yes, yeah, sorry. This is Andy, anorexic bulimic compulsive eater. So the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you, Andy F. I will now ask Carrie M. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, my name is Carrie M. I am a compulsive overeater from Boston. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise with problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 
10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. 10, COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy was based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles for personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Carrie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 59, starting with here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. We'll be reading through the ninth step and sharing on steps 4 through 9. And I will now ask Terry A.H. to begin reading. Thanks, Julie. Good morning, Vision to you. My name is Terry A.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And um, with us, um, let me just stop my timer. Thanks, Julie. Um, And just to to go back to step one, we admitted we were powerless over food in our case and that our lives had become unmanageable. So today we're talking about steps four through nine, and these are the action steps. And yesterday we learned, you know, steps one through three, I get to give up. Um, steps four through four through seven, I get to clean up, and steps eight and nine, I get to make up. So these steps, um, you know, step four is really my blueprint. Um, you know, is the action steps. It starts the action steps four through nine, and in step four, I get to name it, claim it, and dump it. And then in step five, this is the step that will break down any barriers between myself, my fellows, and God. And then in steps six, seven, and eight, by working the prior steps, I become ready to abandon the aspects of my character that interfere with my usefulness to God. And then I get to turn to God to remove my defects and begin my attempt to clean up the wreckage of my past. And um, and that's where step nine comes in. It's it's going to give me a practical me- method of um, just making amends to those um, that I've that I've harmed um, through this inventory. And I'm so grateful that. Um, these other steps that really are, I'm going to experience freedom. And I really just kind of like to really keep it simple for the newcomer. You know, um, step four is just really about getting me unblocked from the things that are blocking me from my fellows and God and um, the world. And so I like to keep it really in simple form. You know, step four, I just get to write down, you know, where I, where I am and how I got here. Step five is I get to tell somebody all about me and let God listen. Step six is about wanting to change. Step seven is about asking a power greater than myself to help me change. Step eight is all it is is about writing down who I've hurt. And step nine is, is fix what I can without hurting anyone else. And and that's how it was put to me, really in simple form, that um, 
you know, I continue to work the steps like my life depends on it. And as a result, you know, I get the freedom that I experience on a daily basis. And I'm so grateful for the 12 steps because it is um, a program of action. And um, it's, you know, it says here are the steps we took. So um, I just say pick up the kit of spiritual tools that lay at your feet and join us on this broad highway to recovery. And thanks for letting me share the battle pass. Thank you, Carrie A.H. And who would like to um, focus their comments on steps four through nine on page 59? I press star one to unmute. Penny Elsie. Penny. Okay. Anyone else? The quiet group. All right. Well, Penny, go ahead, and we'll see who else will chime in. Thank you. Um, good morning, Julian. Good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And I think that the reader covered it really beautifully. Um, I know for myself, once I had made that decision, that was you know, that was a turning point, but it wasn't until I was willing to get down to business and really put <laughs> put my actions behind my thoughts and words that anything was going to happen. The good news was is I didn't have to do it alone. I had my higher power right beside me because, of course, I had fear. You know, I had fear about shining a light on all of my secrets and um, the darkness that I that I tried to escape from, um, all of the negative and the discord that I had created, you know, I, it was not a fun process to go and um, write that all out and be willing to give it away. But I knew that was going to make the difference. Once I could release all of that that was that was stuffed down inside of me that I kept trying to stuff down with more food, but I had to be willing to get it all out, shine the light, shine my higher power's light on it, and give it away to someone else and have that witness happen to me. Someone's unmuted if I could just mention thank you um. And then, then you know, then I could start to feel the freedom. But I had to ask God, I had to go back to my higher power and ask that those defects be removed. And that was in, I had to come to understand that that removal was going to be in God's timing, not my timing. So their acceptance had to come into play again. But I humbly asked. You know, and that humility means that I live with the character defects that are still with me, and I am grateful for those that have have uh, been lifted from me. And moving on, then, you know, I knew I had done harm, but there again, that was not anything I had wanted to look at. I kept blaming others. That was my way of pushing away any guilt I felt from harm I had done. But it was time to be again accountable and and look at the truth, the truth of the harm that I had done. And that, again, not easy. Oh, my gosh, you know, not a fun thing to do. But I knew I wanted that freedom. Step four and five had given me a measure of that freedom and, I, and, and enough to propel me to want more. So I was willing right. to take the steps. And it's paid off beautifully. Thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Penny Elsie. Who else would like to share on steps four through nine? Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Roberta L. Roberta L. Ashley P. Ashley P. All right, well, let's stop there. Go ahead, Jody EQ, followed by Kathleen O. 
All right. Thank you, Julie. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. Oh, these steps, these amazing steps. When I first heard them 29 years ago, I knew somewhere deep down inside that I had found what I was sorely needing and lacking. And steps four through nine specifically, yes, they scared me also. And, you know, it's been a real peeling of the onion over the years. I don't think I saw initially what I can see now. But it very quickly it was helpful in... I became willing to look at myself where I had not been willing before because I was, I was desperate. And once I did that, once I became willing to look at myself and my wrongs and my selfishness and self-centeredness, it got easier and easier and easier uh, to the point that today I really want to see my part in things. I really do because I know that therein lies freedom. Uh, Step six and seven are interesting steps there um, you know something that I have to keep doing over the years also just trying to understand become more entirely ready to have my defects removed and get more and more humble about asking for them to be removed and just keep asking because they will come up again and then eight and nine those are fantastic steps uh, my most amazing ninth steps have been with my father and my ex-husband. Uh, the most complicated, but also the most rewarding. And it's just a wonderful process. And if you are just beginning on this journey of self-discovery, all I can say is, Ask your higher power to remove your fear, pray for the willingness, and get ready for a wonderful ride, a really wonderful ride that is freeing and transforming. And I can say today that all of my relationships are good. I don't, I don't feel that I have a single relationship in my life that is not harmonious today. And for that, I am so very grateful because when I, before I started this process, they were all Disharmony, what's the word? (laughs) None of them were harmonious. So I'm very grateful, and with that, I will pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Kathleen O, followed by Roberta L. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. And, (laughs) you know, it's so interesting that we read these steps and not everybody's jumping on board to share right away. Maybe we're just a quiet group this morning, but you know, I see that in meetings. I see people um, go to meetings and listen to the steps, but so many have never worked the steps. And, and that's the foundation for this. I mean, this is what the steps are, what makes all this work, what, what transforms us into a new person where we really do change our thinking, how we think and how we act. And, you know, the first three steps, I mean, you know, I bought into them because I could totally relate. You know, I couldn't stop eating once I started. And I had um, crazy behavior around food that, that would not, you know, if I explained my binges to anyone on this line, it would be totally believable. But if I talked about them to a normal eater, they wouldn't believe me. And, um, and so, you know, the first, first three steps, it's like, okay, yeah, I need something bigger than me because it's not working. My way isn't working. And so then, you know, four through, four through 12, I mean, the rest of them are the action steps. I have to actually do something. And, you know, I, I, I equate this to, I train dogs and I train people how to train their dogs. So some people like to come to classes because they know their dog needs training. So they come to the class and, and I show them exactly, you know, how to get your dog to walk on leash, how to get your dog to sit, how to down, how to come when you call, when you call your dog, get your dog to come. And then I send them home with, I, I demonstrate it to them, and then I send them home with fifth grade level step-by-step instructions on how to do it at home. And, 
you know, most come back and their dog can't do it. Well, their dog can't do it because the dog showed up to class <laughs> with their owner. You know, the dog went home with their owner with the instructions, but then the owner didn't take any action. They didn't do any kind of practicing. and They didn't, you know, implement these simple little steps I told them how to do to make all these things happen. And, and, and that's, I think that's what happens a lot in these steps. Um, you know, I don't know if people get scared of them. All I can say is my experience with them is they just transformed my life. Um, the fourth step was just enlightening. Um, it was a smashing of ego. You know, I had to take a look at a lot of stuff. Um, step eight was a little scary sometimes, but I'm telling you, if you have a good connection with your higher power, your higher power will do amazing things to create situations where you can do your eighth step. And, and every time I did it, every time, you know, I made an amends, it was like taking a hundred pounds off my shoulders. Um, it was just, it's incredible. So in order to get recovery, you know, it comes after step nine and then we continue to work it you know, every day, 10, 11, and 12. And, and, and the result of that is no longer right. fighting the food, no longer fighting anyone or anything. And thank you, Julie, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Roberta L., followed by Ashley P. Hi, I'm Roberta L., very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Los Angeles. I think that Steps four to nine, those are the ones that require us to do a lot of work. And, um, you know, sometimes I think of them as, you know, like the grunt work. You've got to do the work to get the beautiful results that come in 10, 11, and 12. And step four, it's recently come to my attention. I've done that several times. And I kind of always glossed over the third column, you know, I could easily list um, who I was resentful at and why I was resentful at them and even reluctantly get to that fourth column and see my part in it. But the third column was either a checkoff, did it affect my self-esteem, did it affect my pocketbook, my ambition? I didn't focus too much on that column. And lately, uh, somebody pointed out to me the depths of that third column, you know, uh, when it affects my self-esteem. And I found some answers in that, that um, resentments that keep coming up, I've done them, uh, you know, kind of many tenth steps, but let's say it's a fourth step about my husband and the resentment that when we go into a restaurant, he's not forceful enough. He doesn't call the waiter. He doesn't you know, take care of me. And then I look at, you know, it affects my self-esteem. Well, I have to be feeling inadequate and not good enough and not able to take care of myself for it to be affecting my self-esteem. So it kind of gave me another way to look at the fourth step to see my part in it a lot sooner than the fourth column. And uh, as I say, the doing it over and over really helps to um, take away the little irritations and annoyances. The big ones are gone. I really can say the resentments have been healed. Giving it to somebody else in step five is wonderful. The sharing of this program, helping us to know that, you know, we don't have to keep secrets. There's nothing shameful. And having a sponsor say, oh, yes, I did that. No big deal. Um, Is very healing for me and six and seven are the lifetime work working on those defects that won't go away but will be lessened my judgment is much less I don't have to walk into a meeting and decide everything about everyone and have opinions on everything and just kind of be in that state where more of a state of serenity than a state of you know, need of resentment. <laughs> it just it just makes me feel peaceful to use that love and tolerance as our goal, and to feel at one with all of you, and to know that I can learn Hi. from anyone. Thank you. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Roberta L. and Ashley P. You're next. 
star one to unmute, Ashley. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, this is Ashley P. Um, recovered in Northern California. Yeah, so I think I'll just piggyback over what um, a lot of people are saying. Uh, that, first of all, was step five, the, the relief of having someone um, who I trusted know the, the truth of what I did, how I thought, and, and the baggage that I carried with me um, was really profound, and it it continues to become more profound. But because I shared those things with my sponsor, um, she knows me really, really well. <laughs> and um, so she she knows my history and she knows my patterns. And, and so in the maintenance step, she can call me out on my bullshit on a regular basis. Um, and to have the experience of of somebody saying, yes, I did that too, um, and or I did something very similar, and here's what I did, or I thought in a very similar way. Um, it just, it really kind of rattles the shame that I had carried around that for so long. Like, maybe I, I'm not a terrible person. Maybe I just, you know, did some not great things for a while. Um, and then... Um, the the prayer to have my uh, shortcomings removed um, by God. You know, there were there were some that I was ready to have removed right away, and then there's there are other things that I tackled in my first step that they've been with me since I was a child, and um, are a very large part of my life. And my sponsor was smart enough to say, you know, pray if you're not quite ready to turn those over, pray to have the willingness. Um, to turn them over. And in moments like those, the, the willingness prayer um, has really, really been huge in my recovery. Um, you know, some things that I wasn't quite ready to turn over was um, my weight, uh, to completely turn that over to God. I, I just wasn't there yet. Um, I was also holding on to a resentment over um, chronic pain, and, and that's still one that I work with with God. But like as I did the willingness prayer um, and I, I continue to pray, I've felt more and more peace around that. Um, and then the amends process is something that I'm going through right now and actually was going through the first time that I shared on this line. Um, and I think what I want to say that felt most important about that is that because I had really been working with steps and because I, um, I I had people that could believe me um, that I was going to change and I was going to be different um, because they had seen some some periods of of that change already happening um, and I could believe myself for the first time um, because I had really really been working these steps. Um, so thank you, and with that I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. Who else would like to share? on steps four through nine on page 59. Lori S. Brittany Ann. Okay, hold on. Lori S. And there was somebody right after Lori S. Rocky N. Rocky, is it Rocky M? Rocky I. Rocky I. Okay, and after Rocky I? Sherry KB. Uh, Sherry, you were after the person that just spoke, but I couldn't hear. Oh, Brittany. Okay, Brittany. Great. Let's start with these. Um, Lori S. followed by Rocky I. Good morning. May I be heard? This is Lori S. Yes, Lori. Ah, I am calling, first of all, in gratitude. Tomorrow I will have 365 one days at a time of abstinence, but that's not my credit. That's my higher powers credit. And I really want to talk about step five, not step four. Uh, I can do a really good job of doing my own inventory. I've been doing it my entire life. But the idea of step five is to clear away the secrets. I mean, I've been telling God for years, and God has no, no, I can't be yes, God. For me to share my deepest, darkest secrets with someone else, was hugely frightening until I realized I had a guide I could trust. 
from doing step five was just literally amazing. And that freedom that comes from that is just so incredible. I would urge everyone to get over the fear of doing step five and just go do it. Following with the steps of six and seven, which are really daily internals, just like every other step is, because we only get this day of recovery. And when I take my defects to God and allow God to work on them, because I experience tremendous freedom. But does that mean they come back? Oh, all the time. But that's why this is a daily process. That's why we only have a daily reprieve. And I'm grateful for 360. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lori S. Rocky I, followed by Brittany. Good morning, Tonight Heart. Yes. Yes, you may. Okay. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. All right. So, good morning. This is Rocky, grateful recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, I love my steps. I I use them every day, one day at a time, one, two, three, four, all of them, one to 12 every day. Um, so, my experience at the beginning going through them, uh, being a uh, bulimic, uh, you can imagine bleh, my face uh, like that. I did not like it. Uh, inventory was awful, making a, a fearless and more inventory. Uh, it was awful because uh, I had to go see um, and reopen some wounds, uh, some hurts. Uh, but then also had to look at the harms I had inflicted, and that was not pretty. Um, it was awful. Uh, however, my sponsor loved me through it, um, and after we finished, I honestly wanted to be punished and whipped and maybe shot, uh, thrown into a furnace, but she just loved me and um and uh, extended forgiveness and compassion. So just so humble for that experience. Um, then six and seven, yes, I wanted to get rid of, of the consequence of my, of my character defects, but honestly, I like some of my character defects. Sometimes I like to be messed up and uh, I enjoy my, my selfishness and my dishonesty. Uh, but little by little, working my steps, you know, um, I really don't like my selfishness. I like to be more selfless. Uh, I like to be more honest. I like to be more uh, forgiving because the more I do that, the, um, the better I am. And my body responds to it. Who knew? It's been 100 pounds of it. Um, making amends was, uh, making the list of amends was awful making them the amends uh, not so. I mean, some of them uh, said, yes, you were a jerk. Uh, some of them, they didn't even remember, and it's like, you know, let's, you know, let's have a clean slate. Let's, uh, let's start all over. Uh, financial amends. Um, I had to, I was in sales before, and I had to admit that some of those uh, business lunches were not really business lunches. And I had to talk to my ex-employer about it. And um, he said, you know what? We know that's the nature of the job. But if it helps you, uh, you know, go ahead and donate it to charity. And um, little by little, as I continue to clean up, you know, my body responded. And, um, and you know, some amends, uh, some God has restored not only to sanity, but right. my... my my life. So, if you're a newcomer, uh, again, just just go through it. Don't be happy. You know, you can be angry, but be willing. And again, if you don't recover, we will give you back your misery. Uh, but I know that you won't want to take it because you will recover. So be encouraged. It works. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, uh, Rocky. I, Brittany, you are next. And could you tell me the initial of your last name? Uh, Julie, it's M. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you, Julie. Um, yes, steps four through nine. Um, I 
am on step eight right now. And, you know, this is, um, I've tried working the steps before and beginning with step four this time, um, it's amazing to see the little defects. There was a lot of um, pride and fear and just, I shouldn't have to do this again. And I don't like the, the instructions. I think it should be this way. I mean, just all these little insidious um, uh, reflections of self. And um, I'm grateful that my sponsor, you know, she really had me uh, light a candle before I did it and really, you know, pray to my higher power and, and meditate before I um, put pen to paper. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I heard a, a speaker talk yesterday about that and really asking, you know, for spirit to guide my pen, um, get, get me out of my way because I'm just seeing more and more how it's, um, I'm the problem. And, uh, and it's funny too, how, you know, anytime I have an assignment, it's amazing how, you know, self-will comes up and it's like, oh, it's time to go to the gym or it's time to, it's time to mop the floor. And, you know, meanwhile, not thinking back to my disease and being surrounded by candy wrappers. Um, step five this time was different. Uh, in the past, I've had a lot more coddling. And this time there, there was more listening uh, just with um, firm love, I guess. Um, and it just, it also like indicated to me, I could see my defect of, of needing people's approval, needing people to tell me it's okay. Um, six and seven, you know, the, the defects that came up this time is, uh, that, that were new for me is um, thinking that I know how things should go, how they should feel. Uh, if it doesn't feel good, then it must be wrong. And, I'll tell you what, my fifth step, I mean, it, I, it's, I'm uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable. But I'm looking at it as a silver lining that uh, it's, it's prodding me to keep going forward and continue on with the steps. Um, and I also appreciate, you know, my sponsor yesterday, she just basically said to me, are you having conscious contact with God? Because you're not going to be able to make it through eight and nine here without really relying and trusting on your higher power. And uh, at first, I was once again, you know, the, the defects, I was defensive and just like, who does she think she is? And, and then I had to take it to heart. And I was like, oh, wow. So it's a bit, bit of a spiritual boot camp. I can't do this alone. And, um, and also praying for sincerity, something that I'm not too familiar with. And she also mentioned to me that in step right. nine, this is my opportunity to be a demonstration. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany M. And Sherry K.B., you're next. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry K.B. in Northern California, Great Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Julie, and everybody on the line. Okay, take a deep breath, everybody. Okay, so here we are, steps four through nine. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it met the road for me. And um, what I love about this is that, you know, I've been in the rooms of OA and other 12-step programs for years, but I was never taken through the book in the way in which I was taken through the book to prepare me to do steps four through nine. And because I was taken through the big book this way, I got so much out of it that I was, I was ready. I wanted to be free. All I could hear was, Sherry, how free do you want to be? Because you know what? You're not free. And until you work these steps, you're never going to be free. That's what I learned with my step guide going through this work. And so little by little, for me, this book prepared me to do steps four through nine. And when I did it, you know, um, yeah, I was in a lot of fear. Yeah, I was worried about uh, writing out the wrongs I'd done other people. I was in fear about all the blame and the shame and the guilt and the resentments and the fears that I had. Absolutely. But you know what? Someone told me, Sherry, leave your emotions out of it and just write the facts down. If you just write the facts in a very short amount, and when you feel stuck, get on the phone, recall a, call a recovered person, ask them how they did it, let them talk you off the ledge, go back into the work, and do the work, because how free do you want to be? So I did that, 
And then I met with my sponsor and gave her my fifth step. And then I humbly asked him to remove my shortcomings, my higher power, in six and seven. And then, you know, she got me started on step eight. And I was just, she goes, are you willing? You know, just put the names on the paper, Sherry, that you're willing to make the amends to. Are you willing to go to any lengths for your recovery? How free do you want to be? And that's what kept coming up for me, is how free did I want to be? And that what I love is I've learned a skill set here that I can implement for the rest of my life and the whole important thing of getting connected with a power greater than myself so I can do this work and I'm not by myself. And so I love this work, and you can do it too. If I've done it, believe you me, you can do it. And just a reminder that, you know, the principle of courage and the principle of integrity and the principle of willingness and the principle of humility and the principle of self-discipline and the principle of loving others. That's all what 4 through 9 is all about. And it is a skill set that we learn and we keep using it because we use it in step 10. And thank God for a higher power in that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Who else would like to share on steps 4 through 9? Mary H. Devorah L. Mary. Okay, hold up. Mary H., John K., Devorah L. Was that what that was? Yes. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go with these four. Um, So Mary H. followed by John K. Good morning, Julie. This is Mary H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Woo! Four through nine. So I was thinking about this, and I'm loving all the shares. This is like the heart of our, our program, getting us to our higher power. But... This is just a my experience and a personal opinion. When I um, came into OA, I, I didn't learn through the big book. I learned through the OA 12 and 12 and the OA literature. And um, when uh, when I was reading the fourth step in the OA literature, literally, I would rather stick a fork in my eye than do what they were talking about. Those questions in that chapter, I thought, you know, if I... If I do the, you know, I was told to read those questions and answer them and and think about them and and I did and it just made me feel, for me, my experience, so much worse. I just, I think I wasn't taught the most crucial part that I learned in the big book way was where's my part? First of all, I'm looking at resentments and that's very specific. What's, what's eating me? What's, what's burning me up? In, and that's not the message that I heard in the OA 12 and 12. And I preface this with, I know a lot of people who have gotten well through the OA 12 and 12 and the OA literature, and I understand that. And, um, you know, there's many paths, one solution, but it did not get me well at all. And when I'm in meetings that talk the OA 12 and 12 and and read that literature, I always speak up and say, you know, that was not my experience, that this was the way that helped me. Many people do, but but not for me. I, I needed the instructions in the big book. And really that crucial part is that fourth column that I I need to see what my part is in it, not just that I was a bad person and that I'm resentful and I did all these crappy things, because I know that already. I needed to know about those four character defects and that, and, and also for me that all of us had them. I was going through this process where all these people had these same core character defects. So I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only bad person here. I don't know why that helped me, but it did. And so I just wanted to share that, that um, just so what a relief to finally be taken through and guided by somebody who had already done it, was recovered, and uh, it wasn't so painful. You know, I was even laughing by the time I got through my fourth column. I'm all, oh, oh, I'm selfish again. Imagine that. Oh, I'm people-pleasing again. I'm, you know, the fear. All right, Julie, thank you. And, um, yeah, I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Mary H. John K. and followed by Devorah L. 
Good morning. Uh, my name is John Tiernan, Recovered Revolt Leader in Los Angeles. Thank you, uh, the team working today. Uh, yeah, you know, these steps, the cleanup steps, as I was taught, you know, I was taught one to three of the give up, four through nine of the cleanup, and uh, 10, 11, 12 to keep up. Uh, you know, I really think if you look, we're wounded people, and this is where we clean out the wound. You know, they teach you in uh, first aid, you know, you can't just slap a bandage on something and hope it'll get better. You got to clean the wound out. And that's what I think the, these steps are about. You know, uh, I always tell sponsees what I was taught that steps four through nine are are six discrete steps. You know, I was taught that there's no such thing as step four, five, or six, seven. Eight, nine, that there's four, comma, five, comma, six, comma, seven. Because I think a lot of times we want to jam, especially four and five together, and we want to jam eight and nine together. And I was taught that's not the right thing to do because I was taught step four was for me to look at. I need to get this out for me to look at. And I can't do it the way I need to do it if I'm having any eye on who I'm going to share it with because I will instinctively want to start censoring it. And I, I tell sponsees, just get it out. I don't have an ego investment. If you want to give it to somebody else, I have given one to a therapist. People give it to clergymen, but it's important to get it out. And then the step five, boy, the freedom you'll find. And the first time I did it, that's what happened to me. And, you know, that's where, you know, they talk about this being a program of faith, uh, not just in the higher power, but faith in this process, because a lot of times these steps are sort of loaded with pain, and you don't see the benefit until you're done and turn around and look backward. And that was certainly the case with this step. Wow, now I see why they wanted me to do that. And step six and seven are also discrete steps. And, you know, while they're only a paragraph each in the big book, they are crucial to me uh, on a daily basis. And my disease, I believe, will get back in to my life through my character defects. And so I need to work on them every day. Now, as was said by a couple of people before, uh, you know, I have to accept patient improvement, as it says in the day 12 and 12. It's not, not going to be made, uh, you know, perfect overnight or perfect ever. And then step eight is, is also one I have to do with no, no eye towards step nine because it's about making amends to them all. And if I start thinking about some of those people I'm going to have to do in step nine, I'm not going to be able to think the list well. And to me, step nine is the hardest, in my opinion. You know, I've actually got to go out and put myself on the line um, but what I learned uh, uh, from a sponsor was break that step eight list into three groups. I'm willing to make these amends right away. Uh, number two, I'm not willing to make these amends yet. And then the third is the no way in hell group. And uh, what I found as I did them is as I got the positive feedback and got the positive uh, things of step nine, the, the not yet group started to slowly percolate up into the willing, and then some of the no way in hell, not yet. And that's how it works. And the healing process really happens. But again, part of this is you got to go through it and then turn around and look backwards to realize how, how it worked and how great it was. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. And we will only have time for one more share, and that will be Devorah L. Devorah, star one to unmute. Hi, Julie. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this meeting, and this is the first time I'm sharing. I'm grateful to all of you. And with respect to steps four, five, six, and seven, really making peace with myself, um, I'm just newly recovered and really seeing that character defects are coming up. And before, as a compulsive eater, I would always stuff down my feelings and I would deny them and I would block myself from God, be all into the food and be so punitive and back to, oh, you're, you just can't get it together about the food. And so I ignored all these character defects and feelings that came up and as a result, never really grew, never really matured. And um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, heal, I'm in a healing process, thank God, but I've had a lot of medical issues that have made it very complicated for my recovery. But thank God, one day at a time, God has raised me up from the dead with a recovered sponsor as my guide and his healing grace. But I've seen that 80% of what destroyed my body physically was the compulsive eating and the emotional 
drives that brought me back to the food. And now when I look at steps four, five, six, and seven, and I'm seeing my defects, I'm realizing that I can't use self-will to get rid of these defects. I have to humble myself to realize that just because I did a fifth step and a five, six, and seven and shared it with my sponsor, shared it with God, doesn't mean they're all going to go away like like uh, God, you know, completely washing them away in one swoop. They may come up because I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. But I have to ask God to guide me. I have to let God in. And that has been hard for me because I'm so driven with self-will. And so I'm learning now to take my quiet time and meditate, to be quiet, deep breathe, let God in, and realize only God can refashion me to show me how I can change. I can ask God. I can say, God, I am here are these character defects whether it's selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, anger against my body for not working well, sleep deprivation, the different things I'm going through, and give these to God and see what he wants to do with them. But I can't tell God what to do because I'm learning through listening to these wonderful recordings of all of you recovered people that God may have a reason for a certain defect to keep popping up. He's training me in something or other. And who am I to be arrogant to say, God, take it away? Um, And so that's been a really hard thing to swallow because some of these character defects I just really want to go away. (laughs) Um, You know, but at the same time, the more I see them, the more I can, you know, not act on them. But really giving them to God and trusting that he will do what he wants with it. Just like in step three, God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you want. Thank you so much, Julie, and thank you to everyone. Have a wonderful day. And thank you so much, Devorah L., for sharing for the first time. It's great to hear a new voice. Um, it is now time to close our meeting, and I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Liz T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Liz, star one to unmute. Hi there. Sorry about that. Took me a minute to unmute. This is Liz, recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.